Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When the red light goes, take two. When the red light goes off, we're just getting started. This is Off Air with Chris Thomas and Mike Conti, giving you a look behind the scenes of Atlanta's top sports station as we take you through the top stories of the week from the world of sports and entertainment. Welcome to Off Air. Oh, right. Welcome. 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 Welcome on in to the latest episode of the Off-Air Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, joined by the head honcho, Mike Conti. And Mike, this is a very exciting week, not just at 92.9, but across the sports world because it is super weak. I don't know when exactly. So the NFL has like a weird thing with when you're allowed to say Super Bowl. Right. You have to refer to it as the big game. I don't know the rules for podcasting platforms. I think we're allowed to say Super Bowl, right? I mean, do, do you want like a brief 20 second uh, primer on what the rule is, basically? Well, that's why you're here, right? So you can, we can call it the Super Bowl. You and I, we can talk about the Super Bowl and how we're covering the Super Bowl because it's in the context of a, a news event, it's the title of the game. We cannot call it the Super Bowl when we attach it to a sponsor or uh, any kind of contest. Uh, ah. that's so once uh, money changes hands, we can't do it anymore. But the Super Bowl is a public event in the public domain. So you and I, we can say Super Bowl, but we Got can't it. say uh, brought to you by Spacely Sprockets. Uh, that's where you start to get into trouble. So if Dukes and Bell were to have a watch party this weekend, it would be the big game watch party. It would be the big game watch party or the championship watch party or something really, really lame like that. Okay, got it. Well, see, I didn't know that. That's our uh, Snapple fact of the day right there, brought to you by (laughs) Mike Conti. All right, we we are going to get into the big game slash Super Bowl in just a few minutes, but I did want to start with something that happened on our morning show yesterday that I thought was fantastic content and uh, provided one of our up-and-coming producer slash hosts, rising stars at the station, a chance to shine. So for those who missed it, John and Hugh yesterday, uh, John Fricky, host of the morning show, was making his way into work on a ho-hum, seemingly average uh, Tuesday morning when all of a sudden, flat tire. Oh, no. Not just any kind of flat tire. The flat tire that requires you to pull over on the side of the road and have to wait over an hour for the State Farm guy to come help, according to John Fricky himself. 
So what do you do in a time of need like that? Abe Gordon, producer extraordinaire in the studio by himself. Hugh Douglas broadcasting live from his new hometown of Philadelphia. Well, Abe pops on the mic and uh, takes the reins of the show. And the funniest part for me, Mike, is uh, they get Fricky on the phone in the 6 o'clock hour, and it's Abe, and it's Hugh, and it's Fricky trying to explain how to change a tire live on the air. And uh, John's frustration and Hugh and Abe getting frustrated at John because he's not understanding what they're telling him to do was radio gold to me. I agree. Yeah, no, it was really good because, look, having a flat tire is a real-life moment that happens to all of us, right? So I think when our listeners get to hear our hosts experience something that happens in everyday life, it can be very entertaining. And I thought Abe and Hugh did a really good job of trying to keep it light and funny. And I think John did a very good job of, of playing the frustrated, confused motorist who couldn't budge his lug nuts, which is something I think we can all relate to. Uh, so I, I loved it. And I thought Abe did a really good job, as you have done, Chris, uh, filling in for Andy Bunker during his COVID um, situation. You know, some program directors slash brand managers don't subscribe to this philosophy, but I really believe that anyone who works here has to be able to do it all. You know, they have to be able to run a control board. They have to be able to produce a show and they have to be able to talk on the air because we're going to have situations like what happened yesterday. John blew a tire at 4.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. I woke up at 6.30 in the morning and saw I had a missed call. I'm not going to, you know, wake up at 4.30 in the morning to take a phone call that, you know, John has a flat tire and what do we do? I want people who know what to do. And Abe knew what to do because Abe has experience being an on-air host. He's a good one. Uh, the Abe TL is a great show. So um, I'm not saying this to like toot my own horn or anything like that. I'm just glad that we have people like you, like Abe, who can step in and fill in at a moment's notice. You know, Fricky got really, really sick on Christmas Eve during uh, Falcon's flyover. Fortunately, you know, we had Hugh on with him and I was able to, to go into my home office and finish the show because we had people who knew what to do. Um, it's, you know, it's almost impossible to get a fill-in host on that short a notice. I mean, usually it takes about 24 hours at least to be able to line up a fill-in host if someone's going to be out sick or on vacation or something like that. So the fact that Abe was able to step up and fill in, I was really proud of him. And you're right. I thought it was great content. Um, you know, I, I, I thought maybe, as I told you on the air yesterday, kind of respectfully disagreed with him a little bit. I'm this type of guy who's going to call AAA if I can't get my lug nut buzzed. I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially that time of morning. You don't want to be in an unsafe situation at five in the morning trying to, you know, bust a a, a, a hubcap off of your tire. And I think John did the exact right thing. And I thought the the playful banner where uh, they were making fun of John a little bit for doing that was something that actually I could kind of get into as a debate topic. So, all around, I think, very well handled by everyone, and uh, hopefully our listeners were entertained. Yeah, and I think the uh, the thing of note there is what you mentioned about learning to have to do it all because, Mike, you know as a brand manager, that is the future of this industry. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I'm 100%. And, um, 
again, like I just I love the fact that we have so many talented people here who have things to say and can add to the conversation. I don't like to ever pigeonhole someone in a specific role and say you can't grow. You know, um, so I, I'm again, I'm glad John's okay. It, he was not the only, by the way, 92 9 the game staffer who uh, made it to work late due to car trouble yesterday. Did not uh, know that. John Sarosky, our Hawks producer, he had car trouble as well. And oh. uh, he, he did get in in time for the game, but uh, he had to kind of scramble and get AAA to help him out as well. So these things happen in threes. I'm going to be really, really careful on my way home today to just not run over any nails or anything like that or any debris or anything that could cut down my tires. Well, I don't have a car, so I don't need to worry about that. Really? I And that you know what, Mike? The cat's out of the bag. That's why I moved within walking distance of the radio station, so I can always be on call. Listen, that that's a real thing. When I moved to Atlanta in 2008 and worked at a radio station that shall not be named, um, I selected an apartment that was three blocks away from the radio station because I never wanted to put myself in a position where I couldn't make into make it into work on short notice. Um, and I, I think your philosophy is absolutely correct. Now, as it turned out, that was a blessing and a curse because I could always get in, but I was always the first guy they called. Yep. <laughs> so it was a, a little bit of a blessing and a curse. Well, look where it landed you. Now you're in the catbird seat. So true. Took a minute. And what I did over there at that radio station had nothing to do with me getting into this chair, believe me. And with that, we transition because we mentioned that it's super week. And Mike, uh, been a fun couple days so far mm-hmm. on the radio station 929. Some big names coming on the station, guys mm-hmm. like Chris Long and Kevin Harlan, and more expected throughout the week. And I, I, the conversation I want to have with you is about the evolution of Radio Row, which yeah. I find fascinating because at one point it it became the sort of thing where if you weren't going to Radio Row, what were you doing as a radio station? And now yeah. with the evolution of technology and streaming and Zoom and the way that sort of stations operate with their budgets, it's really changed. So I, I, I want to take you back maybe 20 years Um I was a big listener of the Jim Rome show when mm. I was in college. Um, I, 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 yeah, I, I thought at that time, Rome, like, look, he is who he is, and he's got a very unique style. It's not everyone's cup of tea. But I think back at, at that time, 20 years ago, Rome was on fire. You know, he he had a great variety of guests. People were going on with him all the time. He was asking very insightful questions. I thought his content was hilarious. Um, you know, I, I, I just really enjoyed his show a lot at that time. Um, eventually that enjoyment kind of faded, but I, I think he was really, really dialed in from a content standpoint. And I remember this would have been my senior year of college. I remember the Eagles had been knocked out of the playoffs by the Buccaneers in the NFC championship game in a pretty big upset. And as you know, I grew up in Philadelphia at that time. I was a big, big Eagles fan. And I just, I could not wait for the next day to hear Jim Rome react to how the Eagles blew it in the NFC Championship. But it was also the first day of Radio Road. This was back in the day when there was not a week off. 
between yep. the uh, conference championship games and the Super Bowl. They just went right into it. There was no week off. And I remember turning on Rome on that Monday morning, and it was horrendous. Every segment had a guest who was pitching some kind of product. There was no reaction whatsoever to the conference championship games. It was all about, let's have Jerry Rice tell us about Chunky Soup. Let's have James Lofton tell us about Barbasol. Let's have um, Brian Billick come on to talk about Thomas Kincaid, the painter of light. Like, just god-awful, irrelevant content. And I really, that opened my eyes even 20 years ago to the dangers of what you can get into with Radio Row. Because you're absolutely right, Chris. There was, and there probably even still is, this perception that if you're if your radio station's not on Radio Row, you're doing something wrong. You know, you're not in the in crowd. Right. I gotta tell you, I think the listener benefits more from these radio stations not being on Radio Row and being able to control the content that they put out. And, and here's a little industry secret, you know. There's not necessarily a prerequisite number of interviews that you have to take to be on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. The NFL runs Radio Row at the Super Bowl. But you feel so much like pressure and obligation um, because guest bookers are walking around constantly and you you develop relationships with them. And sometimes they have a guest you really, really, really want to have on. But in order to have that guest on, you have to do them a favor and take two or three other guests that you don't want to have on. And you end up just having this parade of guests who are shilling products and you get maybe a little bit of content, but you don't really want to hear from them. You want to hear from your favorite personalities and what they think about the Super Bowl and what they think the key matchups are and how they're going to bet on it. You don't want to hear... you know, Donovan McNabb come on to talk about, well, you know, when I played Chunky Soup was my favorite product. And, oh, by the way, I think the Eagles will win by three. It just doesn't serve the listener, in my right. opinion. Um, at the Final Four, it's different. Radio Row is run by a syndicator where you, you're you kind of expected, like, okay, they're going to bring you a set number of guests and you've got to take them. I just don't think it's compelling content. You know, I think our listeners want to hear from their favorite personalities. They don't want this interruption of guest, 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 guest. Now, I thought what you guys did yesterday with Kevin Harlan was awesome. I thought that was a great guest to have on. Harlan's doing the game on Westwood One. We're carrying the game Sunday on 92.9 the game. Harlan can also talk to you about um, the NBA. I thought you guys did a hilarious job talking to him about the Dylan Brooks uh, Donovan Mitchell thing like that was a good interview to have because it was entertaining and it enhanced the show I thought the Chris Long interview that Randy did yesterday was phenomenal I mean to hear Randy really go into the weeds with Chris Long uh, uh, you know two former players really chopping it up very entertaining so I think you know being off-site gives us the ability to be more selective and schedule the right interviews rather than just schedule a high volume of interviews because that's what's expected of us yeah, and the other part of it, too, is uh, it's too much of a host ego-driven experience where 
Everyone's just trying to toot their own horns and go out till all hours in the morning, and you don't always get the best product the next time. Uh, let me tell you, when the Falcons were in the Super Bowl uh, in 2017, we sent the midday show and the afternoon show to Radio Row. I got there on Thursday because I came in with the Hawks. The, uh, I was on a Hawks road trip. They were in Miami. And then they actually played in Houston on that Thursday. So I flew in with the Hawks. I got to Radio Row on Thursday. And the first thing that stood out to me when I was in that room, not a room, like it was a convention center, was every single person in this building thinks they're the most important person in the building. Yep. It, it was horrible. I mean, the, the egos on everyone, the look at me behavior from everyone, the, the silly kind of um like sports hub in in boston had a bunch of our talent on with them including myself where they tried to demean us and and make us sound like hillbilly yokels like just really stupid you know kind of my my station's better than yours my city's better than yours my platform's better than even you know in fact i'll even take it another step now we're getting into this arms race now about who has the, the fanciest table at yep. Radio Row. <laughs> you know, because some national syndicators, they'll, they'll do a, a TV production from their table. So now we even have this arms race on who has the best banner, who has the best backdrop, who has the, you know, the biggest tripods for their cameras and everything. Like It's just so stupid. It's become this arms race, and none of it serves the listener. Absolutely none of it serves the listener. The listener, again, wants to hear from the personalities that they're familiar with, and they want to be able to interact with those personalities. They don't want to hear from some 15-year NFL veteran who's going to do a YouTube documentary about uh, the rainforest. They just don't want to hear that. <laughs> but that's that's what Radio Row, I think, has devolved into. And I think it's a waste of time. If the Falcons were there, Chris, if the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, we would probably send some shows. Because I think it's important to be on the ground, to be embedded with the team, to be accessible to fans. Like when the Falcons were in the Super Bowl, we had a huge pep rally in Houston that Saturday. What probably one of my favorite things we've ever done at this radio station. We had a lot of fans there. Uh, that was a very, very proud moment for us as a radio station. Yes, we had to take some lousy interviews during the week, but at least we were kind of on the ground and embedded. And we could be somewhat selective because we were the flagship station of a team that was playing in the Super Bowl. Right. Um, so if the Falcons were in the game, this would probably be a slightly different discussion because just from a logistical standpoint, we would need a venue from which to broadcast and Radio Row would offer that. But if, if the Falcons are not in the Super Bowl, I think as long as I'm in this chair, I'm, I'm not going to be enthusiastic about sending our team out to Radio Row. I just... I don't think we benefit from it at all. No. And as someone who used to listen to a lot of sports radio before getting into the business, I would basically skip this entire week of listening because, as you said, it's not talking about anything that I'm interested in. I mean, yep. having Anthony Munoz on is great, but, you know, he's not exactly in tune with today's game and providing the type of yeah. insight that the analysts that we have on throughout any given week do. That's a great point. Like we used to, when the Super Bowl was here in 2019, I actually made a Radio Row bingo card 
And, uh, you know, anytime something on the bingo card happened on the air, we had to check it off. So, like, I, I had, like, Hub Arkish and Ron Pitts and Arbuthaw <laughs> and um, uh, 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 a couple other, like, you and I both know, like, the, the Radio Row icons, the people who are, like, uh, what, what's his name? Jay Mariotti. Like, yep. Jay Mariotti is always going to be on Radio Row selling his wares. Gil Brandt. That's Gil Brandt is a great one. Yes, I, I I'm hope he was on my bingo card. You know, and I say Barbasol because a lot of times the sponsor will make you read a card. Like uh, Brian Billick is uh, coming to you courtesy of um, First Alert or something like that. So like we would have some random sponsors, and um, I think we had the bingo card filled in the first day. It, it was, but again, like no disrespect to some of the names that we've mentioned here, like. Anthony Munoz is a, a great example. I have a lot of respect for him as a Hall of Fame player, great player. Uh, Anthony Munoz is not really connected to the game anymore. He, he's not, it's not working in broadcasting. I'm sure he follows it, and I respect his opinion, but you know, why would we have him on when we can have Kevin Harlan on, who's actually doing the game on Sunday? I mean, to me, again, the, you have to think of what's going to serve the listener What's going to give them the most relevant content? What's going to be the most enjoyable content? To just have a constant parade of guests who are touting uh, items, uh, to me, that, that doesn't serve the listener. That, that's not entertaining, compelling content. Well, I'm going to let you be the judge of our final topic here if this was entertaining and compelling content because things got a little too real this week, in my opinion, on first take Stephen yeah. a smith and jay williams um got into a tete-a-tete but it seemed like during the middle of this mike there was a line crossed oh mm-hmm. it's not gonna happen we, we put a different kind of onus on our athletes than we do and you may mention that on your podcast i, I, I don't deny that Wait, so first off i'm not the one i don't deny that i'm being sensitive i don't deny watching, that but you're the one that seemed very emotional oh my god and go, it's ahead. Matter, Stephen go, a. go ahead jay. come on man Go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. I'm, not, I'm not sitting up here on national TV absolving Kyrie Irving of every every decision. I'm not going back and recounting every decision. I'm just saying how it's interesting to me. It just carries such a bigger momentum, in particular with you, more so than anybody else. Jay, you know what? What I would what I would ask you is do me a favor. Stop telling us what you find interesting and just tell us what you feel. He finishes there with what you feel. Just tell us what you feel. Uh, Mike, that clearly was not two guys with I'm going to take side A of an argument and you're going to take side no. B and we're going to talk for five minutes. That got way too personal and uncomfortable. Well, and then I think coming back the other way, it got even worse when Jay Williams accused Stephen A. Smith of uh, basically making this a personal issue between Stephen A. and Kyrie Irving, which I, I think that's a huge line to cross as well. I mean, that that is a direct shot at Stephen A. Smith's ethics and credibility. Um, you can choose to believe whatever you want, but when you vocalize that, uh, you're taking a, a pretty direct personal shot at Stephen A. Smith. And Stephen A., I thought, took a very, very direct personal shot at Jay Williams, basically for using a crutch phrase. Uh, and and I think that, you know, long story short, that's pointing out a deficiency in someone's kind of... Uh, you know, broadcast grammar 
for the intent of embarrassing him. So, yeah, I agree. That got really, really nasty. And I was very, very surprised. But then again, you know, I think we see, unfortunately, in society right now, especially in social media, debate dissolves very quickly into personal attacks. And um, it's just, it's unfortunate to see. Because, again, what Stephen A. and Jay Williams were doing you know, they're they're not sitting there telling your mama jokes. They're they're not you know launching you know personal attacks at each other at least initially. Uh, you know they're not debating anything truly earth shattering. You know as far as politics or religion or world events are concerned, they're having a sports debate. It's a sports debate. It's not supposed to be that serious, and, and for it to just spin out of control the way it does. I mean and. Chris, you and I see this all the time on Twitter. You know, when when either you or I express an opinion on Twitter, it usually only takes a couple minutes for someone to jump in and disagree and then take a personal shot on top. <laughs> yep. I've gotten, <laughs> since I've uh, done some more and more on-air work, the, uh, the phrase people are throwing at me when they disagree is stick to producing. Stick to produce. Yeah, that's my favorite. Stick to soccer. You know, I've, I've done Ox games for nine years, but I can't have an opinion on it. Stick to soccer. Uh, uh, eat a salad is one of my favorites as well. I, I really that. You know, again, it, it, you know, the fact that I'm overweight has absolutely nothing to do with the opinion that I'm expressing, but okay, thank you. Yeah, yes, XYZ6969, uh, uh, I'll, I'll take yeah. your advice on that with the eggshell avatar. Um, so... I guess I shouldn't be too terribly surprised, but um, I just I thought Jay Williams and Stephen A. Smith had more class than that. I, maybe I was wrong. Maybe they were just really, really in the heat of the moment. That happens too. You know, you, you can get into heated arguments and and you can lose control of yourself really, really quickly. But that was shocking. Uh, that was really, really surprising. And and for Jay Williams to clap back in the way he did, I, I was perhaps even more surprised about that than how Stephen A. Smith started everything. Yeah, he's usually pretty, you know, from listening and watching him, you know, not frequently, but I've heard enough to formulate my own opinion on his what I think his style of broadcasting is. And he usually takes a very measured approach. Yeah, He's not somebody, he's not a hot takey kind of guy. He's not right. a loud personality. He, I find him to be very intelligent sounding and he comes off as cool, calm, and collected. So for him to get to that level, he, Stephen A. really got underneath his skin. You know, if two of our hosts got into that kind of argument on our air, they would be in this office. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we would have a meeting where we would we would establish that that kind of um, conversation is not acceptable. It's demeaning to both. It does nothing, to, again, to serve the listener. Uh, let's all hug it out and never do that again. So it's interesting at ESPN, one of the two people in an argument is making like $40 million a year (laughs) and the other is making much, much less than that. So that, that might add to the awkwardness as well. Yeah. I mean, Hey, we can always look forward to the next day when Christopher Russo comes on and it's 1989 all over again, talking about Bob Cousy and uh, George Mikan and Larry Bird and uh, the Dallas Cowboys, because there's never enough talk about the Dallas Cowboys on those type of shows either. Apparently, it's just that's more proof 
that New York City truly is the center of the media world. And whatever is compelling in New York City is going to be crammed down to the rest of us. Well, being from there and living there for most of my adult life until the past couple of years can confirm. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that'll do it for the latest edition of the Off Air Podcast. Thanks to the head honcho, Mike Conti. Follow him at MikeConti929. I am Chris Thomas at C. Thomas Radio. We will catch you guys in a couple of days.